Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. duty and welcome to not just a sports report uh, specifically the round seven preview for the nrl and just quickly before we start uh, apologies for no weekend rap podcast uh, my internet shout out tangerine was being a dumbass bitch yesterday uh, really really giving me some hassles some f-bombs were dropped a few c-bombs were dropped and then i just thought you know what uh, we rely a bit too much on technology, so I just put everything down and just went for a walk outside. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't know, I would have thrown the modem at the wall or something like that. So thanks to Tangerine Internet for No Weekend Rap Podcast. Uh, but thankfully, after a stern phone call uh, to Tangerine, we're back up and running. So just in time to sink our teeth into the round seven preview, I'm going to make today's podcast a wee bit shorter Uh, Touch on the game still, most definitely, uh, but try and get through it a little bit quicker just because obviously uh, yesterday was my day off work. Yesterday was supposed to be a huge day of podcasting, weekend wrap, start the preview, get on to my UFC stuff. Uh, So yeah, running a little bit behind. So going to make today's podcast a wee bit shorter. And look, today's episode, most definitely not sponsored by Tangerine, they can go and fuck themselves. Uh, But now, let's put that negativity to the side. Let's put that foul language in the bin, shall we? Uh, At least for momentarily. And let's sink our teeth into it. Round 7 preview, this is not just a sports report, and there's really nothing else to do but get amongst it. Alright, kicking things off on Thursday evening, we've got a really interesting clash between the fourth-placed Dolphins. Quite unreal that at this stage of the season, while still early, the Dolphins, a top-four outfit, against a team whom many believed would be in this very position, but they currently sit 10th. That is Jason Demetrio's Rabbitohs, formerly Wayne Bennett's Rabbitohs, Uh, So the obvious narrative and storyline here is Wayne Bennett up against his former side, up against a man who he mentored in the coaching ranks in Jason Dimitriou. Uh, But there's certainly been no rivalry. It's not the same as Bennett up against Brisbane. He's been very much in a friendly and loving, wholesome mood as Wayne Bennett. Uh, And I guess, I mean, how could you not be with how the Dolphins are performing? Now, Dolphins coming off I reckon potentially their most impressive win of the season over the Cowboys. We see Hamaso Tabuai Fido. Uh, he stood up big time against his former club. Now one of the major talking points. I mean, the Cowboys could be definitely using the hammer right now as they sink toward the bottom of the ladder. As for the Rabbitohs, they absolutely blew the Bulldogs off the park on Good Friday. Uh, not super impressed with that though, given that Bulldogs far from at full strength. Uh, But nonetheless, Rabbitohs did exactly what they needed to do 
Latrell Mitchell in superb form, a hat-trick to Latrell as well as a number of try assists, uh, and Campbell Graham crossing for a hat-trick as well. So that sets the scene for a very fun Thursday night game. Dolphins massive underdogs despite where they sit on the table. Uh, And just checking out the teams, not a heap of notable changes. Does say that Jared Wallace is out. Uh, Also see no Edric Lee this time around. Robert Jennings going to be making his Dolphins debut. Former Panther, former Tiger, and funnily enough, also a former Rabbitoh. Uh, So Robert Jennings into the side. Other than that, no real major changes that I can see in front of me. Uh, For the Rabbitohs, they look pretty much full strength. Alex Johnston comes back into the side. Uh, Jai Arrow is in in the front row. Unfortunately, no Tevita Totola, who just hasn't been able to stay on the park this season. Now, as far as the actual game, I I saw things from the Dolphins last weekend uh, where they did drop off. They did let North Queensland back into the contest, and they really can't afford to have that kind of performance up against South Sydney. But then you look at the Rabbitohs, and to be honest, their form has left a lot to be desired in the early stages. Now, yes, it's a long season. They are sitting 10th, uh, so it's not all doom and gloom. But South Sydney, I definitely think they should be higher on the ladder if they want to push and become a premiership outfit in 2023. Uh, Now, not too much to say on this game. The main narrative Obviously, the coaches. Uh, Last weekend, I was hugely impressed with the former Cowboys against their old side in Tom Gilbert, Hamaso Tabuai Fido, uh, Jermaine Azarko. I mean, unbelievable the way he's turned his game around. I think it's very clear that Azarko is a very great winger and fullback probably not his position. So Dolphins, they are getting the absolute best performances that I think we've seen in the career of Jermaine Azarko, and as for just how far the Dolphins can go, it's very exciting to wonder, I mean, how far can they go? They sit in the top four right now. Maybe, just maybe, they can make the top eight. I mean, with each passing week, it becomes more of a reality, and people said, including myself, well, let's wait and see. Let's see once their depth is tested. Well, their depth has been tested. They've lost their first choice halfback, in Sean O'Sullivan, they lost Milford, and now they're relying on Isaiah Katoa and Cody Nikarima, who are both doing a brilliant job. Now, as far as my prediction for this contest, I must say, going back, I actually am yet to tip the Dolphins this year. Uh, so there is no team in the NRL that I need to give more credit to for exceeding my expectations. Dolphins doing an incredible job. South Sydney, like I said, leaving a bit to be desired. So it could be a danger game, uh, but in my opinion, Rabbitohs, after some losses against top-tier opposition, I think they're going to eye this one off and take it as a game where they can get consecutive wins after the Bulldogs' victory and start to build from there. Uh, But yeah, as I've said, I haven't tipped the Dolphins yet in 2023. They continue to impress me, but I'm not going to tip them here. I'm going to go with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I just think in the bigger picture, Rabbitohs, it's a long season and they have their eyes on the premiership. For the Dolphins, they do sit in the top four. And what we do know is that they're going to show up and compete week after week after week. 
So we know if South Sydney don't show up, and if they don't take the Dolphins seriously, they are going to get embarrassed. But I'm going to lock in my first tip of the weekend. Thursday night, I believe the Rabbitohs, I think they can get it done over the Dolphins. Mainly because, yeah, I mean, Sean O'Sullivan is a huge loss for the Dolphins. And yeah, I just think bigger picture, Rabbitohs really building towards something. Whilst Dolphins, it's still a wait and see. But with each passing week, like I said, I get much more excited about the 2023 prospects of the newest franchise. Let's lock in the Thursday night pick though and move on. South Sydney Rabbitohs over the Dolphins. Let's now get amongst the Friday action. The early Friday game is definitely one of many across this round that I'm finding really hard to get an exact read on. Early Friday game, 6pm at Shark Park. We have the 11th placed Sharks who need to get a bit of a move on coming off the bye. And before that, I mean, really letting the Warriors back into a game that they should have never won. 11th place Sharks up against the 7th placed Roosters who despite having probably the strongest roster in the competition, they're not quite showing up with the right attitude, I think it's fair to say. I think they know they're a superstar team, and so far it seems as though at times they're getting a little bit complacent on the fact that they do have one of the best rosters. So I think after last weekend and Melbourne Storm really embarrassing them, I think Roosters, it's the wake-up the call they needed, Whilst the Sharks, I mean, they're 11th, so they need to get going themselves. Big game coming up this weekend. Now, there's a huge in for the Roosters. Uh, James Tedesco back in, captain, of course. So Joey Manu shifts to the centres. Drew Hutchison back to the bench. And if you listened to the podcast about a week ago, I said Drew Hutchison's not a centre. Don't rate it. Then he had a pretty good game against the Eels. I came out and I was like, you know what? Trent Robinson knows more than I do. Apologies to Drew Hutchison. Uh, But then, last weekend, I mean, Storm kept attacking that side. Xavier Coates scores a hat-trick. I just, I don't know about Drew Hutchison in the centres. But he's a phenomenal player. And now he takes up that number 14 jersey. Now, for the Sharks, I don't believe they really have too many changes. Toby Rudolph is out for quite a while too. So that's a big, big loss figuratively and quite literally. No Dale Finucane either, but other than that, Sharks look full strength. They've got the full complement of their backline. Their forward pack, pretty much first choice out of uh, outside of Finucane and Toby Rudolph, and a strong bench as well. Wade Graham, former Origin player. Jack Williams, looking like he's starting to reach uh, his peak form. Oregon Kafusi, a grand finalist last year. And Thomas Hazelton joins the bench, a young Ford with plenty of promise, a big opportunity for Hazelton to establish himself within the Cronulla lineup. But this game in particular, look, Roosters have always had trouble going down to Shark Park. It's been described at times as a bit of a Bermuda Triangle, and no matter where the sides are on the ladder, Cronulla always seem to turn up for this game. Now, this one is about as 50-50 as it gets. Tedesco, obviously a huge in for the Roosters, but I mean, when you look at the Sharks, their fullback, Will Kennedy, in career-best form. 
And in my opinion, I have Sharks as one of the main Premiership contenders this year. Same goes for the Roosters, uh, but the Sharks sit 11th place, and they can't afford to drop too many more games heading toward the Origin series and all the challenges that this season's going to throw up. So Sharks, now seems like a good time to get back in the winner's column, but Roosters, they're going to be due for a bounce back, uh, given the nature of their loss up against the Storm. Now, I forgot to talk about one of the other ends for the Roosters, Matt Lodge, back from injury. He joins the bench, and now that middle rotation for Sydney is about as fearsome as it gets. Jared Warrior Hargreaves, he's been winding back the clock, playing as good as he ever has. Lindsay Collins playing heaps of minutes, really big minutes, uh, also an origin player now, and one of the Roosters enforcers. Matt Lodge coming off the bench, and Terrell May as well, who I think is underrated. That really shores up Sydney's middle stocks at a time where Cronulla's are being tested uh, with the loss of Rudolph and Finucane. Now, as I speak right now, I honestly, I don't know which way I'm going to go on this one. I was just looking if there's a coin to flip, but in 2023, uh, cash is less prevalent. So I don't have a coin to flip. I'm just going to lock one in here. This one is very difficult. I'm going to go the Sharks. Now, I was leaning toward the Roosters for a second there, given that they have a huge inclusion in their middle rotation, whilst Sharks missing some big fellas. But I just have Cronulla... Is one of my major threats. And Roosters obviously at that same level. But I, I'm really expecting a big performance from Cronulla here. So I'm going to take the Cronulla Sharks. It's fucking, it's very 50-50. Like every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, but what about Tedesco? What about Joey Manu? What about Kiri and Sam Walker? What about the hectic cheese, Brandon Smith? Uh, not to mention, it seems like Angus Crichton nearing a return so roosters they're starting to get going uh, but i just think cronulla i don't know what it is about them but i think they're major players in 2023 nico hines i the best player in the game as it stands although someone like james tedesco would definitely argue and interestingly you've got the delia medalist in nico hines up against the reigning golden boot in Joey Manu. So, I mean, some world-class players on show here. I'm going to take South, uh, South Sydney. Fucking hell. Living in the past. That was like five minutes ago. Uh, I'm going to take Cronulla. Not exactly sure why. This is such a tough game to call. So it's hard to put any reasoning behind it. Uh, but I think Nico Hines has a big game. And look, Cronulla, coming off the bye, they've had a lot of time to stew on that Warriors loss. A game that they absolutely should have won. And if their attitude's in the right place and they show up, they're going to make it a tough as hell game. It's going to be a grinding contest. Something that Cronulla previously have been known for. So I see this being a very close, a very physical contest. I think this might be a lower scoring affair. Uh, just given the defensive nature of both outfits. And of course a narrative no one really focusing on. Trent Robinson, the coach of the Roosters. Craig Fitzgibbon, coach of the Sharks. A man who knows the Roosters inside and out. Not just their systems, not just their playing group, not just their strategy in terms of gameplay, uh, but also 
This man has won a premiership with the Roosters, and as a player, he's a Sydney legend. Uh, so Fitzgibbon, he's going to have a few inside, inside tricks that he can play on the Roosters, but in the same token, Trent Robinson has taught Craig much of what he knows. Uh, so it's going to be a battle of two great mates, but I like Fitzgibbon a lot. Defensively, he's one of the best coaches in the game, and what he's doing with Cronulla is very special. And they are a team that should be sitting much higher than 11th on the ladder. So let's lock in the early Friday pick. I'm going to take the Cronulla Sharks with very little confidence to get it done over the Roosters. And now let's move straight on, shall we? Let's move straight on to the Friday night game, uh, which is, as I said, shorter podcast. So I'm just fucking winging it. Ooh, Four Pines Park, Sydney. You got to remember as well, like I said, internet issues yesterday. Uh, so I fucking had to really, really fucking work just to get some teamless. So like making anything load was a real trouble. So I haven't had full time to really sink my teeth into some of these games. Four Pines Park, Sydney, one of my favorite rivalries of the modern era, the ninth placed Manly Seagulls coming off a dead set embarrassment up against the Panthers against the Melbourne Storm. Just a few weeks ago, I was very concerned about where the side were at. Now, they're sitting in third place. Unbelievable, yet again. I think we're too quick to write off the Melbourne Storm. And to be honest, this is the first time I ever have thought about the possibility of them starting to decline. Just as I say that, Cam Munster comes back into the fold and Storm, one of the form teams of this competition. Now, as far as teams, Cameron Munster moves back to fullback. Now, an amazing 5'8", probably the best in the game. Uh, but I think fullback, he's significantly more dangerous. He pops up on both sides of the field. And look, if I'm manly, I would much rather Cam be in the 5'8 jersey, sticking to the left side of the field. Once he starts roaming, I mean, you've got to have eyes on Munster. And that's going to open up other players like Jerome Hughes to really have an impact on the game. Now, Munster had a phenomenal outing last weekend. I believe it was the third time in a row he's made the Not Just a Sports Report Team of the Week, uh, which if you want to go check that out, I did still post that for round six over on our Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. Uh, and one thing I wanted to get into in the weekend rap podcast, hashtag fuck you tangerine, uh, was Nick Meany, who's out for this game, unfortunately. Uh, but I've been very impressed with Nick Meany taking on that fullback role on a permanent basis. And we don't know where Ryan Pappenhausen is at. So Nick Meany stepping up in a big way, most definitely in career best form. And I think if he keeps it up, we may see a few clubs around the NRL start sniffing around. If Pappenhausen can stay fit, He's obviously Storm's first choice. Uh, and I think Meany, he said as much like he wanted to do a Nico Hines. That was more just take the opportunity uh, and, you know, make it really hard for Bellamy to drop you. But I also think one, I think one thing we saw with Nico Hines was that he played so well that he had to leave. Like he had to go to another club as a marquee player. Now, Hines' final year at the Storm... It was wild. It was something you don't see a lot of where like a fringe first grader 
or someone who's not even in their side's best 13 is like the form player of the competition. It was wild. He's obviously gone on to prove that that was not a flash in the pan. And now for Nick Meany. If he can really continue to play the way that he has been, he might be the next pickup. Uh, similar to Nico Hines, maybe another club identifies Nick Meany and says, this guy, this guy might just be our fullback. So been very impressed with Meany, but he's out. So as I said, Munster to fullback. That sees Jonah Pizet, very talented young half, uh, take the 5'8 jersey. Not too many changes uh, other than that. Just having a look. I don't think there are any other changes. For the Seagulls, though, there are some changes, which, I mean, back-to-back weeks of conceding over 30 points and getting absolutely dicked by the Panthers, which, look, I mean, that's not the most shameful team to get owned by. Uh, but now Manly, a few changes. Tom Trebojevic named at fullback. I thought he was injured, so uh, that's definitely a wait and see. Uh, checking the reserves, or the interchange, rather, K.O. Weeks moves from 5'8 back to the bench. Ethan Bullimore retains his spot. Uh, but two new faces on the bench. Two faces who, last weekend at cup level, played really well for the Blacktown workers in their win over the Panthers, who, in the New South Wales Cup, just like NRL, reigning premiers. Uh, so Aaron Woods going to make his first start for the Sea Eagles. Number 16 jersey coming off the bench. And Toph Sipley. A former warrior, uh, he comes on to the bench. Now, checking out their starting side, looks pretty much first choice. No Josh Schuster, though. He's in Jersey 22, so maybe we see him come in as a late inclusion. Uh, but Cooper Johns in the 5'8 jersey, interestingly enough, against his former side that let him go. Even more so interesting is the fact that he's going head-to-head with Jonah Pizet playing 5'8 for the Storm, which... Seems to be the reason why Melbourne were happy to let Cooper Johns go, so that they could develop this very bright young half. So that's a good battle there. Cooper Johns, Jonah Pizet, uh, Raymond Tuimalo Viega as well. I don't know if this is his NRL debut. I think it is. I can't fucking remember seeing him play NRL, but I have seen him play some trials where he scored a bag of tries, and he's been impressing for quite some time at cup level. So Raymond Tuimalo Viega comes in for Ruben Garrick, who is out. Uh, and other than that, they're pretty much the same from the team that got belted. Jason Saab, good to see him back. Even better to see his sideburn game uh, off chops. And yeah, this game, always a tricky one. Always a tricky one. Seagulls. I'm taking Seagulls. And this one's tricky because, yeah, Storm have been in outstanding form. Every season, I mean, these these two sides, you only have to think about the Battle of Brookvale. Although, God forbid someone throw a fucking punch that we'd suspended for years. Like, the game, not so much as physical as it once was, but still most definitely a fantastic product, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think those days, like the Battle of Brookvale, they're gone. They'll use it in all the advertisements, but as soon as someone throws a punch, like, fucking hell. You know, big slap on the wrist. Big, big slap on the wrist. Whack. Uh, anyway, anyway. Mel- Melbourne just, they've looked very good. They've looked very good. And Seagulls, on the flip side of that, have looked pretty shit in the last couple of weeks. But I just feel 
as though there's got to be a bounce back here. Two weeks of highly disappointing uh, outings for Manly. They're at home here. It's hard to give my evidence why I'm going Manly, but this just feels like one of those danger games. Storm definitely in better form. If I had to pick with a gun to my head, I'm going to say the Melbourne Storm. But as it stands, there is no gun to my head. So I'm going to lock in the Manly Seagulls. And I'm going to put some faith in them. And if they come out and play really poorly again, then I'm going to have to reassess exactly where they actually are at. Because now, despite two piss-poor showings, I still think Seagulls a real sneaky chance of making some waves come finals time. So, look, across this round, a lot of danger games, and I feel like in a couple of them, see Cronulla Sharks Roosters just before, I feel like in a couple of them, I'm going to go with the underdog and see how that plays out. So, I'm going to take Manly Seagulls over Storm. I think this is a very close one. If it's a big score or a blowout, I reckon it's in favour of Melbourne. But I just think Seagulls, they're going to drag Storm down to their level. And look, whilst Munster, a major threat at fullback, popping up everywhere, if Tom Trebojevic does play, uh, which he should because he's been named, if Tom Trebojevic does play, I mean, that swings me in favour of Manly. Now, if he turns out to be a late inclusion, it's too late to change my tip. The podcast is already out. But in the same token, I mean, if Tommy T drops out, the odds should be pretty fat with a PH for the Seagulls to win. So I'm going to lean into the underdog here. Manly Seagulls over the Melbourne Storm. And thankfully this weekend, the Weekend Wrap podcast will return. Uh, so shorter format in terms of previewing today's games and getting my prediction out there. Uh, but I will talk all about the games on the Weekend Wrap podcast. So I'll talk about performances, really get a bit more in-depth. I just thought, you know, the last couple of previews have gone two hours plus. I want to try bang out a shorter one. So let's bang it out. Manly Seagulls to get it done over the Melbourne Storm. Now, let's start to get super because it's time for the Saturday action. Well, I sure do hope the start to the Saturday is super. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know who my team are. The mighty fifth place Warriors. Oh, that kind of hurts. I was enjoying the top four ride. We've been bumped out after a very disappointing loss against the Knights. Speaking of disappointing though, we're taking on the 15th placed Cowboys. Disappointing doesn't even begin to cut it as far as North Queensland. Right now, I've broken the competition into tiers. And my rule at the moment is that you have to have three performances to either move up or down. So if someone has a poor performance, I'm like, wait and see, they stay in their tier. But then if it's consistent, you either move up or down. Now, whilst establishing my tiers, there are three teams that I have in the very bottom. Now, I think we know the Tigers are there. They should have their own tier, like full-on dead shit tier. Apologies, Tigers fans. Um, but Cowboys, I have them in the lowest tier of the competition right now which is a far cry from where they were last year. Uh, they're taking on the Warriors at the Fortress Mansnight Stadium. I'm telling you, it's a fortress this year. Uh, Cowboys, last weekend, they lose to the Dolphins. Very, very lackluster. Uh, 
Luckily for them, Murray Talungi back. I just thought Brendan Elliott on the wing doesn't have a ton of outside speed. Uh, so I think Murray Talungi a huge in. And I am, as a Warriors fan, most definitely very nervous about this game. Jeremiah Nanai back for the Cowboys as well. So there's definitely some strike on the edges. Um, and as a Warriors fan, look, one, it's kind of fucking lame that in back-to-back -back weeks, first seven weeks of the competition, we've played the Cowboys twice and the Knights twice. Like, give me a little bit of variety here, you know? But in saying that, we beat the Cowboys in Townsville just a few weeks ago. I picked that game. That was fantastic for my tipping competition. I'll tell you what, no one else picked the Warriors. And then you only have to look, though, at last weekend because we'd already beaten the Knights as well and they were far better than us last weekend. Lucky Miller caused us all sorts of issues. Jackson Hastings was just outclassing our defence at every opportunity. Dom Young giving us headaches. Saifidi brother. My fucking brother. <laughs> Butchered that. Uh, move on. But yeah, Knights just far better. Tyson Frizzell, Bradman Best, Dane Gagai. The list goes on. So they were far better than us. And it does make me worry that maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe some kind of emotional hangover from that Sharks win. But as a Warriors fan, like I said, I really believe Mount Smart Stadium is going to be a fortress this year. So in terms of my point of difference for this contest, that is my point of difference. Uh, Mount Smart Stadium, home crowd, there is still a massive buzz in Auckland and in New Zealand more specifically, uh, everyone's getting around the Warriors in a way that we haven't seen for well over a decade. It's fucking pissing down rain as well. I apologise if you can hear that. This weather, absolutely crazy here in Melbourne. But we're talking about Auckland and Mount Smart Stadium. Now, for the Warriors, no Wade Egan, which is a shame. Although Freddie Lusick won first grade game this year. Definitely impressed me. Dylan Walker, going to be starting in the halves. Obviously, no Tamari Martin. We're going to be at, uh, without him for a number of weeks, which is unfortunate. Luke Metcalf, still not quite good to go. Uh, and Ronald Volkman, great young player. Very excited for his long-term future. Uh, but there are some times where he can be a little bit of a liability, which isn't really a criticism. He's still a young player, developing his trade with around a handful of first-grade games, if that. Uh, so Volkman bright future but it seems like the best short-term solution is Dylan Walker he's been unreal in that number 14 role this year and doing a lot of the ball playing so it does make some sense uh, it also gives me PTSD of the Roosters game in round two where Walker moved to 5-8 and then he made a crucial drop ball uh, but outside of that I mean Dylan Walker has been an excellent signing and he's played number six plenty of times Played there for quite some time uh, at the Manly Seagulls when Trent Barrett was the coach. Uh, and other than that, no real changes. Dylan Wateni's a Lesniak. Still 18th man, which I found really interesting, given that he scored four tries in the New South Wales Cup. Now, Ed Cossey, I mean, I, I couldn't be happier with how he's responded. I was at the Amy Park game last year where Warriors had 70 points put on them. I almost started crying, my goodness. It sounded like I'm fucking tearing up. Uh, honestly, if I wasn't so bloody pissed at the time, 
I, I might have teared up. I was just fucking... It was all happening too quickly for me. I come back, you know that kind of buzz you get from a few drinks and like... I'm like, oh my god, didn't they just score? And I've already fucking scored again. Oh, I might go get some hot chips or something. Get some hot chips, come back. Holy fuck, they've scored again? Like, the first half was promising. So, look, I was there for one of the worst games I've ever seen anyone play. The kind of game that can ruin your career. And I could not be happier with how Ed Cossey has bounced back. But still, I feel like Dallin Wateni's Lesniak... Four tries on the weekend is a pretty good way to say, I'm ready to go. Throw me in. He's a Kiwi international as well, uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Very happy though to see my one to watch and one of the keys to the Warriors' long-term future, in my opinion, Tane Tuapiki taking that number 14 role on the bench. Now for the Cowboys, I don't have too much to say, honestly. They've been very underwhelming. Like I said, they're currently in the lowest tier uh, where I have the competition. And it's looking more and more like last year was just... I don't know, they caught everyone by surprise. And now that everyone knows they're coming, they just don't seem to have as much. I can't say I'm a huge fan of their depth either. I really don't think there's a ton going on. Now, of course, some great young players, no doubt, uh... You only have to look back at last year's Hastings-Derings Colts under-21s grand final to see that Townsville Blackhawks won and have a very bright cast of young players, but none of whom seem ready to go right now. And Cowboys, their first team, are just missing the mark. Now, this makes me nervous because, of course, they're going to come back and try have a bounce back this weekend in Auckland. So... I'm very nervous as to how this could go, but I'm taking the Warriors. And I'm, look, definitely a little bit of supporter bias of getting around the lads, but I really do think Mount Smart is going to be a fortress. I said that a couple of weeks ago in the preview for the Bulldogs game. That is the only game we've played at Mount Smart this year, to my knowledge. Like, first game was in Wellington. I'm pretty sure that's the only game we've played at Mount Smart. So I'm calling it. I think this can really be a fortress, uh, and it's not quite a fortress if we go one win, one loss from our first two games. I think we really need to establish Auckland as a tough place to play, and right now, more so than ever, the New Zealand public are really getting around the team. So I just feel like the perfect storm of where the Warriors are at, where the Cowboys are at, I think Warriors win. And maybe, you know, just being such a one-eyed Warriors supporter, maybe that's blinding me to what the Cowboys are about to do this weekend in response to their shocking start to the year. But you know what? I've tipped the Cowboys a few times and they keep fucking me over. So I'm definitely not tipping them against the Warriors. Uh, But yeah, do keep in mind, Warriors are my team. So uh, if you're going to put the house on it, do consider the fact that there is a bit of bias here. But let's lock it in because the Cowboys... They've been pissing me off a little bit. They've been ruining my tipping competition. Uh, fucking, I bet on them to beat the Dolphins last weekend at very short odds. That was the game I was most confident in until I saw how crap the Cowboys looked. So, yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on. And hopefully this isn't the weekend that they get their shit together. I want at least one more weekend of the crappy Cowboys. So let's lock it in because I'm telling you, Mount Smart. It's going to be a fortress this year. Warriors over the Cowboys. 
Now let's get amongst the next, shall we? But Mick, what is the next Saturday game? Well, I am so glad you asked. The next Saturday game, the 8th place Knights, what the fuck, against the 2nd placed Panthers. Now, at the start of this year, I would have thought, shut the gates. Panthers, boom, there's your tip, let's move on. Uh, but, look, Panthers still most definitely heavy favourites. Knights sitting in 8th place though, and I saw firsthand last weekend the way they dismantled my beloved Warriors. But even more so before that, if you've been listening to the podcast this season, Knights were my pick to run last. And with each passing week, the way that this side shows up, it's really impressing me. This is a side that on paper, no way in hell are they going to make the top eight. But on effort, on heart, on determination, on showing up for their teammates, they're fucking killing it. They are sitting in the top eight as it stands. And with each passing week, I'm growing to really respect and admire these traits that the Knights have built within their roster. Now, so much talk this year about how they're losing players. Dom Young, he's leaving. A lot of doom and a lot of gloom surrounding the Knights. But like I say, with each passing week, they just, they really continue to win me over with the way that they're showing up. Adam O'Brien, outside of Anthony Griffin, I don't think there was any other coach other than maybe Kevin Walters but even then, Adam O'Brien, I reckon, under more pressure to keep his job than Kevy. Adam O'Brien looks like a dead man walking, respectfully, in terms of his coaching position. And you've got to give credit to him. He has got a response from this Newcastle side. And not just that, but this is not a superstar side. It's not like he's got a team of absolute elite stars that he's getting a response from. He is getting a response from a team that has been hit by injuries, uh, which I'll get to in a moment. A team that has lost their marquee man in Kalen Ponga, and yet time and time again, they keep showing up for each other. I think back to the win last weekend against the Warriors. I think to the weekend before that, and the draw against the Seagulls. And yeah, Newcastle, I must say, they're starting to win me over. However... Such a pain in the dick hole. Jaden Braley out for the season again. Another ACL injury. For a player who is so dependable, so consistent. And to be honest, Knights look significantly better whenever he takes the field. Jaden Braley, I honestly reckon that it could be a bigger loss than Ponga, who will come back at some stage, but... Like, you see how they're going without Ponga. And, like, Lockie Miller is killing it in the fullback jersey. Jackson Hastings owning the halfback role. And Tyson Gamble, a new signing. He's alleviated that pressure of losing Ponga. So they seem to be quite well stocked there. But then, yeah, dummy half. Phoenix Crossland, respectfully, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Just isn't it when it comes to the number nine. Uh, just my opinion, but... Yeah, they really they really don't have anyone, do they? They've got young Kobe Ruggles, who plays in New South Wales Cup, but when you look at the depth chart, I mean, Phoenix Crossland, next man up. I'm not really going to be too critical of a young player, but 
I mean, Jaden Braley for Phoenix Crossland, it's just, it's not quite the same. And I really, unfortunately, and I know I keep writing Newcastle off, and to their credit, they continue to prove me wrong time and time again. I just think this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I really do. Jaden Braley, like his past selection, his defence, just his whole role in that dummy half position is crucial to the Knights' game plan. So I think they're going to be feeling that one in a big, big way. Uh, that's the only out, checking out this team. Matt Croker last weekend started at lock, ball playing middle. Been very impressed with Croker. Tyson Frizzell, the captain. Uh, not only was he named in my team of the week, uh, but each weekend for our performance highlights, we also have the Tough Stuff nomination uh, for just a really tough and really physical performance. And Tyson Frizzell, he was the Tough Stuff nomination for round six. So I was hugely impressed by the Knights, but like I said, yeah, I just think Braley is going to prove to be a massive loss. And of course, they're coming up against the Panthers, who now they're clicking. Now they're in full gear. Uh, a shaky start to the season, but back-to-back thumpings of opposition outfits and decent sides too. We did just see the Canberra Raiders beat the Broncos. Well, Panthers blew them off the park. And then they did the same to the Manly Seagulls, who are a much-improved outfit this year. So it's quite scary to think exactly where the Panthers are at. Loved Dylan Edwards and his four tries. Uh, from a Supercoach draft perspective, not just a sports report, 500 cup, $500 for the winner, 10 teams. This is the second year we're running it. And Dylan Edwards, he's my fullback. So I got to say, those four tries really got me over the line. I've also got Lockie Miller in my Supercoach draft side. So I'm hoping both the fullbacks here have a big performance. But other than that, what can you really say about the Penrith Panthers? They just continue to show up time and time again. And yeah, I've got them winning this one. I do. But who knows? Uh, now I'm not willing to just be like, yeah, fucking Knights are going to roll over. It's going to be an easy game for the Panthers. I, I think there's a chance. There is a chance that Newcastle can win this. Now, no Braley, no Ponga. There's a few other outs within the team that does make it hard to pick the Knights. But this is more about not the fact that it's hard to pick the Knights, more just that it's near impossible to go against the Panthers. So I'm going to lock in the Penrith Panthers here. And of course, I'll be back on the podcast this weekend for the weekend wrap. And this is one of the games I'm really interested to break down. Now, if Newcastle can make this a close game, then on the weekend, I'm excited to talk about what this year could hold for the Knights. Are they potentially a finals outfit? Now, if the Knights win, holy shit, there'll be a lot to talk about. Uh, and of course, I'm keen to get to the Panthers too, because today I haven't really said much about them. But yeah, what else is there to say? They're the best team. They were my premiership pick for this season. They're coming off back-to-back premierships and back-to-back wins where they've blown their opposition off the park. So... It's just, it's too hard to go against the Panthers here. But like I said, Newcastle Knights have most definitely gained my respect. Now, you look at the Tigers on paper, that is a way better side than the Knights. But the Tigers, up until that Easter game, just don't have any fucking ticker. Knights are ticker personified at the moment. So I'm loving the heart 
and are loving the courage and the fact that they're showing up week in, week out, not just for their teammates, but also for their loyal fan base. And that, well, that's going to be returned this weekend. You better believe that the Newcastle faithful are going to pack out McDonald Jones Stadium and really cheer the boys on for what could be an astronomical upset. But playing it safe here, um, I mean, I don't really have to justify this one too much, do I? So let's lock it in. Penrith Panthers over the Newcastle Knights, now a Queensland derby. So let's jump straight into it. Is it derby? Is it derby? A few different sayings. Fucking, that's not very important though, is that what is important is the Saturday night game. The 4X Queensland derby slash derby. Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. The sixth placed Titans. Aside that we don't know exactly where the ceiling's at. And the same token as well. We don't know how much they could plummet as the season goes on. Uh, but the signs from Gold Coast early on, very promising. So they sit in sixth place up against the first placed Broncos. Coming off the biggest upset of the year so far. Going down to the Raiders uh, Broncos. Look, to a lot of experts' credit, um, such as Cam Smith, course former Bronco Denon Kemp there are a few people who did come out and say like I'm not getting too carried away with how the Broncos are playing yes they're winning consistently but there was definitely room for improvement which I think we saw that get exploited up against the Raiders who snatched the win so now Broncos are in an interesting spot because if they drop this game then all of a sudden you know this hot start all this confidence just a, gets a tiny bit rattled. Now, these guys, I don't think they're going to be truly rattled by it, but it definitely somewhat rattled. For the Gold Coast Titans, there's a lot to like. Now, no Brimson still, but Kieran Foran is such a huge in. Uh, we saw Cruz Leeming as well make his club debut, came over from the English Super League. Very quality dummy half, so interested to see some more of Cruz Leeming. But the biggest in by far, Kieran Foran. That partnership on the left side of the field, feeding ball to David Fafita. There's probably no one better right now to be playing alongside Fafita than Kieran Foran. And the main beneficiaries, not just Fafita, but also Phil Sammy and... Oh, not Phil Sammy, fucking hell. Alofi Khan Pereira. Sammy's playing on the right side this year. So Alofi Khan Pereira out on that left side. I gotta tell you. I don't mind him this weekend for any time try scorer. I might even jump on him for first try scorer, which on the podcast, I must say, I've actually put some all right ones out there in recent times. Last weekend, I did say that I had Xavier Coates anytime try scorer. What I did not say is that I had him for three tries because I didn't. Uh, but look, always good when an anytime try scorer scores multiple. So, well, fucking thanks, bro. Now I can sit back and relax. Uh, but also on the Titans, Jaden Campbell. I saw he came out during the week, uh, made a bit of a statement about how the Eels, of course, were chasing him. Um, and he said, I'm not interested. He said, my dad, the legendary Preston Campbell, he's determined to see me stay here on the Gold Coast. This is where I want to win a premiership. So if I'm a Titans fan, which I'm not, <laughs> but I really want to see them be successful, that brings a great smile to my face. Nothing better than having a star young player that wants to remain at the club 
and even better to have that premiership aspiration not to just say yeah gold coast is where i want to be or nah not that interested in the eels but to say this is where i want to win a premiership so i love that from Jaden campbell and with no brimson well campbell getting another start this weekend as for the broncos look i believe they've got the exact same side just having a quick look oh kobe hetherington comes onto the bench uh, other than that the same side and look going on the broncos that penalty toward the end of the game uh, with Jordan Rapiner, if you haven't seen it, don't worry about it. Not super important, but just, I don't know. I can see both sides of it, but also at the same time, I feel like at times like the physical essence of rugby league kind of just gets zapped out of the game at points. Like sometimes it just feels like the officiating and the referees kind of lose touch with what rugby league is about. Now, I don't need them to be bashing each other's brains out on a consistent basis because, yes, we've seen concussions, injuries, all these reasons that most definitely justify uh, making the game a little bit less physical or at least rough, going for, like, really rough tackles and things like that. But the Rapina thing is just, like, it was an accident, and yeah, more and more we're just seeing, like, if a player gets hurt, it's a penalty. And you got to remember, this is rugby league. Like, Phil Gould said it quite well. Not that I'm going to recite the exact quote because I don't have it on me, but he said they want this to be like a gentleman's game played by gentlemen. And these guys are not gentlemen. Now, they may be gentlemen. They might open the door for me and myself. Thank you very much, Payne Haas. That is very kind of you, sir. But they are not gentlemen. They are going out there to impose themselves physically on the opposition. They're not going out there to say, let's complete, let's make some tackles. They're going out and saying, let's fucking smash them. Like, in the tackles, let's not physically try to be intentionally harming them, but let's fucking hurt them. Let's make sure that if this guy takes a hit up, he's not going to want to run at you again. Because the last time, it did not end well for him. And we're just seeing a little bit of that gladiator kind of mentality being taken away from the game. But of course, got to be somewhat progressive as well and understand where things are heading. Uh, because I read an article years ago, actually, about how this was going to happen. And I, was, uh, I think it was Josh Masood, And he was saying, like, as time goes on, it's going to become less physical with everything we know about concussion. And at the time, I was reading it like, ah, oh, fuck that. I don't want that. But now, the natural progression, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, but I would still like to see the game stay true to that physical nature. Uh, but let me talk about the Broncos for a moment. Still in first place and only leaving Queensland a couple of times throughout this season. So, I mean, they have a very strong chance of going all the way. And maybe the Raiders game was the exact wake-up that they needed to just say, all right, let's start fixing a couple of these things. I, I can't see them losing back-to-back -back games. But I tell you what, I'm going to go the Titans. I'm going to go the Titans here. This is another one where I'm not too confident about, but I just feel like this round is fraught with danger. I look at all the contests, and I don't think there's a single one that I can just confidently say that's my tip. Penrith probably the closest one, uh, but like think about the Sharks Roosters, very tough game to call. 
Melbourne and the Seagulls. Tough game to call. Dolphins, <laughs> Rabbitohs seems easy in theory, but Dolphins t- continue to prove uh, that they're a much better side than I give them credit for. So it's a tough round to pick. And I think in this Queensland clash, you've got the Titans. They're talking about premierships. Now, obviously, they're a long, long way away from that. They've never won a premiership. But, I mean, the fact that they're talking about it and the fact they're on the up at the moment, confidence is starting to rise. I like what the Titans are doing. And I think as far as Broncos and the Gold Coast, I think this is going to give us a good indication is exactly as to where they're at. For the Titans, they're currently playing the informed team of the competition who sit first. So what do Titans have to offer in a huge game like this? Whilst for the Broncos, can they prove that last week was just a slip-up, a bit of a banana peel game, and that they are still one of the main teams to watch this year? Look, I think that's very possible. I'm going to take the Titans, though. I just think in these derbies, forward slash derbies, um, you just don't know what to expect. You really don't know what to expect, and I like what the Titans are doing. I really do. Jaden Campbell excites me. Karen Foran coming back in excites me a lot. And I can see David Fafita troubling that Broncos defensive line. So this one, probably my least confident pick of the weekend. Very hard at the moment to go against the Broncos. But I'm going to lock in the Titans here. They sit in sixth place. Personally, I kind of want to see them lose because they're sitting one spot below the Warriors. So I want the teams below us to be losing. Um, But I like the Titans. I like where they're going. And I think... I say think, I definitely don't know, but I think Titans have what it takes here. Now, their defense has definitely been their issue, and if they don't show up defensively here, Broncos will fucking smack their bottom. You're heading the right way for a smack bottom. Uh, But hopefully, these guys don't get their bottom smacked, because I'm fucking tipping them, and I don't want to figuratively have my bottom smacked. So, I'm going to take Titans here. Broncos, it feels like dangerous to go against them, but... I'm a man who likes danger. So Gold Coast Titans, let's lock it in before I change my mind. Titans over the Broncos. What a game that's going to be. And I cannot wait to talk all about it on the Weekend Wrap podcast. But now let's stick with the preview. Two games to go. It's the Sunday ticket, baby. Let's get amongst it. Ooh, this one makes my head hurt. Pooh is going to be thrown left, right, and center in this one. Canberra Raiders up against the Dragons. Love my Raiders. They are my second team. Uh, And up until last weekend, I was off them. They played like shite. And then somehow, they saved their best performance for Suncorp Stadium and beat the Broncos. Am I back on board? I don't know. Look, they're my second team. So like, Warriors, I'm ride or die. Raiders, I'm still pretty right or die, but what they dished up to start the season was shite. Uh, It's the Canberra Raiders hosting the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Now, if Raiders aren't playing Dragons here, I'm probably going against them. Uh, But, goodness gracious, who knows what's going on with Dragons. Anthony Griffin, seems like he'll see the season out, and then he's going to be done. And it just becomes more increasingly likely with each passing day that Des Hasler going to be the man to take the job on. So 16th placed Raiders, 12th placed Dragons. I will watch this. Um, 
yeah, I will watch it, but goodness gracious. I won't hesitate to switch this one off if, if it's a crap game. But Raiders, I love the boys, I love the team, and they've given me reason to get around them once again. Now, Jared Croker, the spiritual leader of this Raiders side, returned last weekend and performed so damn well. I was wondering whether he was going to be a liability. He was anything but. So I'm stoked to see Jared Croker back. Uh, Nick Kotrich also returns to the side. Uh, just checking Jack Whiten back in for the Raiders as well. Who knows how long he'll be in the Raiders though. Looks like he might be gone skis. Uh, Joe Tarpanay back as well. Corey Horsburgh at lock. Excellent game last weekend. So Raiders, I am no longer off them, but when I mentioned the Cowboys earlier, I said I had three teams in my bottom tier. It's the Raiders. It's the Tigers. Boo, Tigers are fucking going so crap. Sorry, I'm shredding the Tigers lately. And the Cowboys. So I still have Raiders, despite the win over the Broncos, in my absolute bottom tier of the competition. And like I said, it's stretched over three games. So for Raiders to get up out of the bottom tier... I need to see more. I'm not just going to settle for one bounce back victory. Right now I still have them in the absolute bottom tier. Dragons, I have one tier above. Um, still though, not, not doing well. And they lost to the Titans, but like I said, three game sample size. So right now, Dragons on the trajectory to drop down to the bottom tier, whilst Raiders potentially look like they could move up a bit. So that's where I have these teams. For the Dragons, yeah, I just was not impressed at all last weekend. And for a team that says they have top four aspirations, I just need to see more. Ben Hunt, his future coming into question. Uh, Anthony Griffin looks all but done as the coach. I think they'll let him see out the year, uh, and then he's going to go. And Ben Hunt, look, he's linked to Anthony Griffin. Ben Hunt... When he was the under-20s player of the year, all the way back, I believe, 2008, guess who his coach was in the Broncos' under-20s? Anthony Griffin. Now, I feel like Ben Hunt, outside of Wayne Bennett, his best football has been played under hook. So it does beg the question, if Ben Hunt does leave, where the hell are the Dragons going to go from there? Now, luckily for them, Jaden Sullivan... Uh, just checking if he's named, he is in the number 20 jersey, so he's not named to play, uh, but in the performance highlights each weekend, I name a player from reserve grade that is knocking on the door. And my knocking on the door selection for the last round was Jaden Sullivan, came up with five try assists. So maybe, maybe Ben Hunt does go elsewhere, and we see Amon and Sullivan take the reins, but Things are just a bit too messy at the Dragons for my liking. I'm taking the Raiders. Zero confidence. Zero confidence. I don't know if I've picked them successfully once this year. I did in the Sharks game. But that was a particular family omen. So I, I really leaned into the omen there. Outside of that, Raiders have just been pretty appalled with what I've seen. Outside of last weekend, which was awesome. I want to talk a lot of positive about the Raiders, but... In my opinion, one performance doesn't warrant it. Despite beating the seemingly the best side in the competition, I, I want to see more. I want to see them back this up this weekend because, particularly in attack, Raiders have had nothing to offer. 
and they have a lot of sets on opposition line and they just look lost, which they shouldn't with Fogarty and Whiten in the halves. They've got great outside backs and yeah, I've just been appalled with what I've seen. Now, Raiders, they beat the Broncos, so now I'm no longer off them, but I'm, I'm not... I'm not raging about them either right now. I still think Raiders are a wait and see. I want to see them back it up. Now, I'm picking the Canberra Raiders here. Once again, a little bit of supporter bias. I'll be cheering them on, so I figured in a game like this, why not tip them? But I had to think about it. It's really like, I don't know. It's just like, how do you trust either of these teams at all? And the answer is, you can't. So... I'm just leaning with the team that I'll be cheering for. They're also coming off a win against the Broncos, so I will give them some credit for that, but until they win back-to-back games, I'm not convinced at all that Raiders aren't in the bottom tier of the competition, which pains me to say, uh, but over to you, Canberra. Please, I beg of you, prove me wrong. I would love to see it, but I'm taking the Raiders here more so just because... Yeah, I don't trust either of these fuckers. So let's go the Raiders over the Dragons. I'll be breaking down the game a lot more in-depth on the weekend wrap. Unless, of course, this game is a shit show. And then who knows? I might just go, fuck it, it's Sunday. If the sun's shining, maybe I just decide to go for a walk. Because Sunday, funnily enough, has produced some pretty crap games at times early this year. So I want to see a banger. I want to see a fantastic, a phenomenal Sunday. Uh, So let's be optimistic. I think this is going to be a very exciting game. I'm expecting to see plenty of points. And I mean, some of the most exciting games are the ones where you can't really pick a winner. So in that case, I mean, there is excitement to tune in, see how both of these sides respond. But as it stands, neither of these sides look like finals material. So for the Raiders to start working toward being finals material, Why don't you start with back-to-back wins? Now, the Broncos one was huge, but what does a win over the Broncos mean if you can't follow that up with a win over the Dragons? I'm taking the Raiders. Dragons, who knows where they're at? Like, the Ben Hunt thing, the coach thing, and just in general, they seem to have, like, play, like, one good game of footy, and then they'll play two really shit games, and then through the shit games and all the pressure, they'll bounce back, and then they'll have another good game, and it's like, oh, I'm seeing signs in the Dragons, but they just can't put it together on a consistent basis. Question marks over the coach, now question marks over the captain, the star player, and look, it'll fuel the boys to come out and have a big performance, but in Canberra, I'll take the Raiders. Of course, these two sides... And we do remember, or I remember, the Raiders. They had the wood on the Dragons for the longest time. Some crazy games. And Raiders just consistently beat the Dragons. But those days are gone. Dragons have caught back up. Uh, There's no longer any hoodoos or things like that. Um, But yeah, let's just lock in the pick. I don't have a ton to say about this game because as it stands, I don't think it has a ton of relevancy in the bigger picture as far as finals. Again, would love to be proven wrong. And yes, it's kind of lame to be talking in a kind of negative stance about the Raiders after such a fantastic win. But like I said, I'm not convinced. Back-to-back wins, that's what I want to see. So let's lock it in. Canberra Raiders over the Dragons. Let's now finish up with our final game of the round. 
Last game of the round. Parramatta, 14th. Bulldogs, 13th. Eels. They beat the Tigers uh, last Monday. Mitch Moses, phenomenal. He was the halfback in my team of the week. But Eels were a smidgen. They were way too close for comfort uh, to it being a different result. And if it was a different result, then there would be so much more heat on them. Eels have been shite. They've been so far from where they should be. And I've heard talks about, like, what's the disconnect? Why aren't things quite clicking? Well, they let Isaiah Papali'i go. They let Reid Marnie go. And particularly, like, the Eels for the longest time didn't really have a number nine that was, like, a game-breaker. And yes, Hodgson definitely fits the bill, but... I don't understand why they let Marnie go. I just really don't. Now, Isaiah Papali'i, whatever, they got him on minimum wage and, like, Tigers would have offered heaps. Isaiah, I reckon, probably regretting that decision now. We saw all last season he's struggling to commit. Uh, thankfully, Tigers fans, you guys have the bye this weekend, so... Two points on the board. Congratulations to you. And, look, hopefully the boys refresh. Encouraging signs from West's. That's about as far as I'll go with that, but encouraging signs. They're showing a bit of fight. They're showing a bit of heart. Now they've got a bye week to reflect on what the hell's going wrong to start this season. Interested to see what we get from the Tigers for the rest of the year, but they've got the bye. Last game of the round, Eels-Bulldogs. Let's not forget last year, Eels' heavy favourites and Bulldogs blew them off the park. Off the park, they didn't blow them. I don't know if you could show that... Uh, on Fox Sports or Channel 9, but they blew them off the park. And now, I mean, you've got to say, Bulldogs are a stronger team than they were at this point last year or when they matched up, and Eels a worse side, in my opinion. Although, Sean Lane back, a good in. Uh, Ryan Madison's back on deck now as well. I like Sean Russell in the centres. Um, Bulldogs I'm very excited about. It's more so that they're just struggling right now to put a side together. A lot of injuries. Viliami Kikau, news has broken that he's got injured at training again and he's going to be out for a number of weeks. So very unfortunate for Kikau. Other than that, pretty much unchanged, but another huge injury. Josh Adokar out. So the Dogs unfortunately can't catch a break and I'm still very high on them and their long-term prospects. If you've listened to the podcast before, I don't want to sound like a broken record. 2024 is when I see the dogs rising up. And I think that's when they're planning to really rise up too, in terms of their salary cap, their roster, and putting all the right pieces together to really make a charge. So dogs, they're not too far off. I thought this year would be a massive one in terms of growth, and they're experiencing a lot of challenges through injuries. So it's a tough time right now. Uh, but a lot of shining lights throughout this team. Young players like Jacob Preston, Alamotti, Jacob Kiraz, uh, that you can really build this team around. And of course, Matt Burton. So with no Josh Adokar, Braden Burns comes onto the wing. And Tevita Pangai Jr. With all the losses for the Bulldogs, TPJ could not be coming back at a more timely time. TPJ, Tevita Pangai Jr., named in the front row by all reports, he has worked very hard this offseason, shed some kilos, and he's hoping to play his best football under Cameron Serraldo. So Tevita Pangai Jr., they need him too. A 
big in for the side that are missing a ton of troops. I'm going to go the Eels, though. The Eels, far from convincing. I, I don't know if I see them as a top eight team. They've got the players. There's a lot to suggest long season that they can get their shit together, but... Yeah, the Panthers win earlier in the season, very impressive. Tigers won, not so much. There's just, I think really the Eels just had their best side last year. And now that they've let Reid Marnie go and Isaiah Papali'i go, they're kind of paying the price for that, unfortunately. Now Hodgson, an awesome signing. Uh, They've also got Jermaine Hopgood. So they've brought guys in to alleviate that pain, but... I think in particular, Reed Marnie is just... Uh, I don't know why they let him go. I really don't. Now, they've got Brown and Moses in the halves, so maybe the thought process was we keep our halves together, and if something has to give, it's going to be the dummy half. But it's just a bit of a head-scratcher to get Josh Hodgson, an amazing player, don't get me wrong, but toward the back end of his career, over Reed Marnie, who, look, I don't even know if he's hit his peak Speaking of Reed Marnie, he's playing for the Bulldogs here, so he could very well get the dogs over the line. I just think they're too hit by injury, so not convinced by Parramatta at all, but I just think dogs at the moment, they're under strength. Whilst Parra, they're starting to get troops back. Sean Lane back, they're working out their combinations. Cohesion's starting to return. Mitch Moses pretty much the only difference between a win and a loss against the Tigers. Like, you take Mitch Moses out there, Eels lose that game. So this is a big juncture for the Parramatta side. If they are to lose here, then all of a sudden, there's going to be an avalanche of criticism. Then all of a sudden, one of the major talking points is how does a side that were a grand final team last year drop off this badly? Now, if they win, back-to-back wins, their third win of the season, Parramatta in a competition that is so close right now on the ladder, very little uh, between the top four and then the sides in the lower ranked part of the ladder. So there's definitely a chance for sides lower down like the Eels to make a run and push up much higher on the ladder. Uh, But this is a really crucial point because if they go down against the Dogs here, a Bulldog side that just, yeah, so far from full strength, then I think we start to talk about Parramatta and where exactly is this side at? Now, personally, I'd love to see a Dogs win here. Bulldogs, I'm rooting for them. I really want to see them have a successful year. Uh, But just the fact that they have all these injuries, coupled with the fact that I say all the time, 2024 is when I really see Bulldogs making their mark. That suggests to me that the Eels, they're so far very miserly Eels, can get themselves over the line. So I'm going to lock the Parramatta Eels in. Last game of the round. There we go. I cut about a bloody hour off the podcast. So look, if you enjoyed the shorter format, don't hesitate to shoot us a DM on Instagram at not just a sports report. If you enjoyed the shorter format, I'm happy to continue it uh, like this. Otherwise, next week, we'll just go back to the longer format. I'll still try to keep it relatively short but i'll just touch on the games a little bit more than i have today in terms of gameplay like who are the key players key matchups across the park statistics things like that so i always like to get in depth i just felt like after some longer podcasts in recent weeks let's just bang a 
a bit of a shorter one out without really missing anything, right? We still got all the games, even got to talk some shit about my internet provider. And that's really, really all there is, isn't there? I mean, let's wrap it up. Outro's definitely not my strong point, uh, but those were all eight games, the preview, the predictions, and now we set our focus toward the actual contests. Of course, I'll be back on Sunday. Uh, Recording on Sunday might drop it, depending on when I finish up. We'll probably drop the Weekend Wrap podcast Monday morning. Uh, So don't forget that one. Today's podcast, all about asking some questions. Weekend Wrap, all about assessing some of the answers that we've got from the games over the weekend. So I'll be there from Thursday night, first game of the round. My highlight, most definitely cannot wait for Saturday. I really hope the Warriors can just keep this form up. Like, don't... Like I said, the ladder right now, there's very little between the top sides and the bottom sides. So I just want to see them keep churning along. Hopefully the Wires can do so. And hopefully your team can get up this weekend. Unless they're the Cowboys, they can get fucked, to be honest. Uh, But if you enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to follow us over on Instagram at not just a sports report and as always as soon as the games finish on sunday we will have our performance highlights posted in visual form on the instagram so player of the round which last round dylan edwards team of the round rising star moment of the round talking points all sorts of things like that that'll be up over on our instagram but of course each weekend right podcast i open up with the performance highlights anyway. So on our Instagram is the visual form, takes about a minute to look through, uh, a lot easier to kind of consume. And then if you look at that and you think, ah, you know, I'm seeing like who the team of the round, who the player of the round is, but there's no real explanation of break or breakdown of that. Well, on the weekend rap podcast, I'll break down all of the picks. So a lot to get excited about. I mean, I can, I can tell you're pumped. You're fucking, you're so pumped. I can tell. Uh, Anyway, like I said, my outro game is piss weak. So let's call it there, shall we? Thank you so much for listening. As always, appreciate the support. A fantastic weekend. And most importantly, enjoy the footy. Take care. What's the difference between supporting the West's Tigers and childbirth? Well, supporting the Tigers is significantly more painful. Thank you. Good night. Sorry, Tigers fans, that's the last I'll be hating on your team, but fucking don't say you didn't deserve it. Good night.